In my last piece, I was talking about Robert Townsend's 1987 film, Hollywood Shuffle, and the kinds of questions it raises and the kinds of responses we can discern in the craft of Townsend's filmmaking. I want to talk a lot about craft today and what craft means in terms of cinematic uh, art and cinematic responses to crises in black representation. But what I think is so interesting about Townsend's film is the way it has a kind of double discourse. It is quite explicitly, and this takes no discernment whatsoever, a critique of the possibilities that Hollywood film has had for black actors and black creatives. Historically, that is, up until the moment of its release in 1987, and certainly after, for the most part, if not near exclusively, black representation was black degradation. That there was nothing particularly dignified in the possibilities for black actors. And that's brought out in the crisis that Bobby Taylor lives in the main arc of the film, right? Which is his desire to be an actor, his encounter with that degradation and all the possibilities were simply that degradation. And then the conscience of the film, his grandmother, who keeps him from, uh, I mean, keeps him, but really through his conscience, keeps him from indulging a desire for fame at the expense of both his own dignity and the dignity of black people more broadly. And so in that part of the film is a critique of the possibilities that Hollywood offers to black actors and black representation. That's the shuffle part, right? It's a shuffle in the sense of a minstrel show, right? A shuffle that is degrade yourself in front of white people for the entertainment of white people. But even in that moment and through the actual enactment of the critique, Townsend has this second kind of discourse in the film, which is an experiment right? A first effort, not a final declaration, not a set of guidelines, not a set of rules, but a kind of experiment in how black representation might be successful. And by successful, I mean show something about black life, in this case through black humor, because fundamentally in Hollywood Shuffle, Townsend is a comedic actor and writer as are, of course, the people featured in the film, professional comedians and professional uh, comedic actors. So he starts to show us something about what kinds of representations might be possible, even in the wake of or in the midst of this history of degradation. So that double discourse of a critique of Hollywood, the way Hollywood expects a kind of shuffle, a kind of minstrelsy from its actors, if they're black, and therefore for all black representation, is essentially a reiteration of a set of degrading stereotypes. That discourse is held in tension with Townsend's own articulation of, enactment of, an alternative form of representation. And I really like that about Hollywood Shuffle. I think it gets into that experimental mode and in that experimental mode, as I noted last time in, in discussing the film, he does so by, I think, really playing across two gazes, the very dangerous game of playing into, ironically and hopefully in the, in, in the 
uh, if, if successful, undercutting stereotypes by embodying the stereotypes of the slave, of, of you know, jokes about black hair, the pimp, the prostitute, the drug dealer, the gang member, all of these things. By indulging those stereotypes undercuts them. But the precariousness of that effort and what really becomes problematic when we start to think in those terms, when, when Townsend uh, draws us into that, is that the white gaze, you can't control that gaze, right? Because it has structured at its very subconscious and even conscious level, has structured is structured in such a way that it wants to see degradation, wants to see black suffering. When I discuss this in class, I talk about, you know, how precarious something like viral footage of police violence against African-Americans is something that is on the one hand, this testimony to violence, it's, it's you know, you would think it absolutely could control the white gaze and say, look at this suffering and have a conscience about it and become politically radical. But of course we know that's not what happens because the way anti-black racism works is at the level of the senses, works at multiple levels, but one of the ways it works is literally at the level of the senses. That is, the white gaze doesn't see black suffering in the way that we might think black suffering could articulate itself and command the gaze to see differently. In the very, very first, right, the, the, the opening sort of framing for this whole podcast series and, and sort of ex exploration of Spike Lee cinema, I said, this is the hermeneutic event. And here's where hermeneut the hermeneutic event can have such violence. You have the white gaze. It is not controlled by the image in front of it, but in that interplay can distort and see what it wants to see. That's the viciousness of white innocence, of white freedom and white racism. And so when you see Townsend playing out these stereotypes on film and hoping that they undercut the stereotypes, that it, it functions as a critical irony, there's an anarchy in the relation to the white gaze. But the film, I would argue, is actually directed specifically towards the black gaze, which is amenable to right? And capable in ways that the white gaze is not of seeing that irony and seeing that subversion and therefore being able to laugh through these painful moments. And in that laughter, and I think this is the power of comedy when done well, to when, when, when through that laughter, something very important is accomplished. That is that the stereotypes cease to have the kind of violent power that they're intended to. Right. And so by Townsend embodying those stereotypes and taking control of them as a director, right, and controlling the way they appear on screen for the black gaze, I think he thinks something is very possible in terms of subversion. In terms of the white gaze, it's much more precarious and much more anarchical. And in that way, I think Hollywood Shuffle is a very fraught film, but it's fraught because, and this is the theme that I want to pick up on in this, this uh, piece today, it picks, up on, uh, it picks up on and addresses and really works in the horizon of what I would call the crisis of black representation. Now we can think of crisis in a few ways. 
One way is to think of a crisis as this growing or emergent or really just boldly articulated awareness of massive historical violence through cinema. And when we see that massive historical violence through cinema, there's a crisis moment, right? When we see these limited roles. And I think it's important that Bobby Taylor doesn't just want fame. He wants to be an actor. He's an artist. And he wants the art of acting to be his life, right? That incredible historical violence is a violence to Bobby Taylor in Hollywood Shuffle. And there are moments, and it's very sentimental in these moments, but sentimentality is morally instructive, of course. That's the point of sentimentality, to make a critical point. And in this case, a critical point about how the crisis of black representation immobilizes black art the minute it enters interracial space. That's why I think the black gaze, white gaze question is just so important. Now, when I think about that sense of crisis, right, that, that Hollywood Shuffle is trying to address or trying to contend with a sense of crisis as, as mounting uh, historical violence that bears on each moment of black representation, I also think of other forms of crisis, right? And mainly this sense of crisis that I think Lee is working with and that Townsend is getting us to. Because I think Townsend's Hollywood Shuffle is about that sense of crisis as the history of violence bearing on the moment of Bobby Taylor's existential desire to be an artist. But there's also a sense of crisis as a pivot point, right? And that's when we say, you know, we're in a moment of crisis and therefore the possibility of something new, right? I think for, you know, as a sort of analogy or an example of, you know, we are in a moment of ecological crisis. That means the violence of our, of, of, of our neglect of the natural world as humans is, you know, that history of violence towards the earth is bearing down on us and our possibilities in the moment. It also means that it's a moment of crisis as a pivot point or an interval. And when crisis functions as an interval, we both register the pain of the past, how it forms our sense of the present, but also how new possibilities emerge at the moment we see that crisis. So for example, I'll to use another historical example, right? The way the emergence of Newtonian science in Europe caused a crisis for the church, obviously, Right? That's why Galileo was, you know, was, you know, until I think 2008 or something was uh, excommunicated, right? A, a pariah in the Catholic Church. But also, of course, that moment of crisis is a moment of other kinds of possibilities where new theological visions emerge that try to reckon with insights into the mathematization of nature that Copernicus and Galileo uh, uh, first discovered and Newton really uh, solidified and new kinds of theology become possible at that moment. So times of crisis are not just about the historical past distorting and making very melancholic our present. That's absolutely there in Hollywood Shuffle despite its commitment to humor. It's a deeply melancholic film for me. But also crisis is a moment of the opening of new possibilities. That's why I think it's important that within the film, Hollywood Shuffle has two discourses, 
right? That sense of crisis as historical violence destroying Bobby Taylor's life, but also the sense of crisis that when we see it, we can begin to see these moments of black representation in all the vignettes that embody stereotypes in order to subvert them through forms of irony, humor that keeps you, that has you laughing to keep from crying. That's that moment of opening up a new sense of possibility that does come with crisis. This for me is not akin to like disaster capitalism, where you somehow try to dress up you know, catastrophe with uh, new forms of profit. Rather, I think this is the way crisis works in really important ways to open up in, uh, new visions of cinematic representation. And I think Spike Lee's starting, Spike Lee starting with school days and across his entire work for decades now is working with that moment of crisis where he understands that new possibilities have been opened up. But with those new possibilities come the lessons of the past. That is, one has to be vigilant about those representations. If I was to say something uh, regret that I think is regrettable or not really regrettable about what Townsend does in Hollywood Shuffle. It's a low-budget film. He didn't really have any other uh, choices. But one of the things I think that limits the film, because it is a low-budget film, and it has a kind of uh, patched-together unevenness because of that, one of the things it can't do is really think through in detail what those new modes of representation are and correct them along the way, or have a critical discourse along the way. In fact, I don't think any single film can do that. I think that is way too much to expect of a film. But what it can do, the crisis and new possibilities opened up in Hollywood Shuffle, what it can do is set a vision of filmmaking and black representation on a path that understands the need to be vigilant. Hollywood Shuffle is not a vigilant film. It doesn't have the budget to be vigilant. Comedy can be vigilant. Hollywood Shuffle just does not have that opportunity. What it is, rather, is an experiment. Vigilance, is, I think, is something that we see across films and why I think Spike Lee is such an important filmmaker, especially if we, film, or if we frame the problem of his filmmaking in the context of Hollywood Shuffle. Because if Hollywood Shuffle opens up new possibilities, but also reminds us that we have to be vigilant about this problematic interplay between the white and the black gaze, what interracial audiences and racially specific audiences might see, what they might find funny, what they might find provocative, what they might find affirming, what they might find problematic, and all of those in between, right? Instead of burdening each and every film with the task of articulating all of those things, which I just think is way too much, no film can do that, right? No film, documentary or fiction, can take on that big of a burden. Yet I think we often ask that of films. I don't think it's fair. But what we can do in the case of Spike Lee, who now has entered, you know, his he's you know well into his fourth decade of serious filmmaking. We can now look back and ask, in what ways has Spike Lee been vigilant about this question of black representation? About negotiating forms of the gaze, intra-racial, right? 
questions of sexual difference, questions of sexuality, questions of class, questions of region. In some ways, even especially I think in school days, questions of the international. How has Spike Lee tried to, in, to negotiate the intraracial gaze and the interracial gaze in all of the ways those complicate each other in, the, in each case of representation, each character, each scene. This loads so much into the question of what it means to represent black life, black people, and black bodies. But Spike Lee, and this is why he's always been a controversial filmmaker, is relentless about this. I call it vigilant because I think that that adds a kind of integrity to the project. But vigilance is such an enormous task and such an enormous sense of responsibility. But that's because Townsend, I think, enacts a closure, a closure of the past, that after Hollywood shuffle, every black representation looks different. And it looks different because we now can read those representations in the context of Hollywood shuffle. Like, are, you know, are we still in the shuffle part of Hollywood Shuffle, right? Or have these representations been shuffled like a deck of cards and a new hand can be dealt, right? Just to use a kind of a loose analogy. And if, in fact, we've shuffled in Spike Lee's cinema into new forms of representation, but each form of representation is vigilant in its own articulation and its own self-critique and subsequent representations, whether it's inside the same film or across films and across decades and across genre, right? The way you may have a fiction film and a documentary commenting on one another in Spike Lee's work. That's the question of vigilance. But it's only vigilant if you are committed to a representation of the totality, that is the diversity and complexity of black people, black lives, and black, uh, black life and black bodies. In order to be vigilant, right, one has to understand representation as craft. There's a lot to be said about the word craft. First of all, it's a word I like, so I use it all the time. But I like craft because I think what craft connotes to me is that there is no formula, right? When one has craft or one is crafty, it's like what Aristotle called phronesis, right? The ability to sort of see and feel your way through a set of problems, feel your way through a fraught space of, of ethical decision-making, of politics, of, of knowledge production, of expressive life. That ability to feel your way through that is not and cannot be rendered a formula. And if it can't be a formula, that means that Spike Lee is never going to be a filmmaker, and, there, and Robert Townsend is not suggesting this in Hollywood Shuffle, who then can put the same formula into play in each film, but instead is committed to the idea of craft. Because sometimes with the craft, you, you know, create an object, an aesthetic object, and it doesn't work. And so you ball it up, put it in the garbage, and move on. Or you put it on a shelf and say the next one will be different, but an iteration of the same. 
and that different and iteration of the same, that sense of craft learning in its process and in its iterations is so important because it changes the way we look at Spike Lee's development. When I teach this class and when I want to write about Spike Lee, it's really important for me to understand that each film can't be sort of lasered ethically or politically for its poor representation. Instead, we have to ask what questions is the film asking? How is Spike Lee addressing those questions? And then how does that address to those questions get reinvented in the craft of later films? Because the craft is oriented around the same two things. One, a response to crisis. What is the crisis? The crisis is a closure moment, right? A reckoning with the history of violence and that history of violence and representation historically bears on the present, that closes. We can't do that. What we need instead now is what the films become, what Townsend does inside Hollywood Shuffle and what Spike Lee is dedicated to, which is offering alternative ways of putting black bodies, black life, and black people on the screen. That's always going to require craft. There is no formula precisely because black bodies, black life, black people are not um, numbers. They're not symbols to be operated in a, in a, in a logical uh, sequence, right? Or, or through a machine that then produces proper representations. We may have our preferred representations, but those preferred representations tell us about us, right? They don't tell us about the craft of putting black bodies, black people, and black life on screen. That only happens in the wake of this crisis articulated so well in Hollywood Shuffle. We could look at other films, but I think Hollywood Shuffle is a particularly important one. And when we see that crisis articulated and what it opens up to, a closure of the past and its bearing on the present, and the movement out of that crisis into different kinds of possibilities, that's in the mode of experimentation. I like that Hollywood Shuffle experiments. I wish that it had the budget to be crafty. I wish it had the budget to be vigilant. But it's experimental and experimental filmmaking, experimental experiments in representation are ways I think that we learn, or Spike Lee is able to learn, the ethical and political imperatives of craft and the way those ethical and political imperatives around craft are about staying vigilant and not vigilant to say the same thing or to protect one in the same vision, but rather a vigilance that never stays satisfied with a form of representation and is instead always committed to how those representations ask for new ones, different ones, nuance, complexity, and self-critique.